Welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the podcast where a bunch of plums have a few drinks and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Mike, I'm drinking a great big bottle of Hop House 13, which is very pleasant, and locked in with me today, we have... I'm Chris, and I'm drinking the ever-so-exciting Coke Zero. Wonderful. Well, my name's Joey, and I've actually got a Bailey's with a hint of orange truffle today. Ooh, you posh man. So, how does it work? Each week we'll get locked into one of the Infinite Escape Room's many themed escape rooms. We'll have to solve a series of puzzles in order to escape. Puzzles that each of us have secretly crafted just for the occasion. If we get stuck, we can beg for a clue, but that'll add a minute onto our time. And, if we don't escape within the hour, then terrible things befall us. Okay, we ready, boys? Yep. Absolutely. Fantastic. Let's enter the Infinite Escape Room. This week, we open the door to find ourselves in a bland, sunless room. Before us stands a computer. Next to it is Professor Hans Intel's marvellous invention, the silicon shrinking machine. Just realised there's no consequence. Quick idea for a consequence. You could go down the route of being forced to play Fortnite for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, glorious. Yes. I love it. Sold. Okay, so. Looks like no one's about, though, as all the YouTubers are out spending their seven-figure salaries. We best escape before they all come back and force us to play Fortnite for the rest of our lives, or until the game folds in six months. The door behind us clicks shut and is locked with three whimsical padlocks. Let's escape. Before us, we have the computer and Professor Hans Intel's marvellous invention, the silicon shrinking machine. The computer contains a motherboard and a graphics card and has a monitor. What do we fancy first, chaps? I want to try the monitor first. I want to see, see Jerry's attempt. Absolutely, if that's what we're going to do. This is my puzzle. Uh, so as you look at the monitor, you sort of go, go towards the shrinking pad that's currently on the desk. You get shrunk down to a very miniaturised size and you climb into the monitor. Inside the monitor, it's quite a dark room. It's always very little light coming through from a very sort of spot on sort of inside the screen, which you think is where the actual screen is itself, which is currently turned on. There are multiple cables and buttons around the room. What would you like to do? Are there any dead flies in the screen? There are many dead flies in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Filled with constant dust and dead skin cells all over the place. Yeah, lovely. Got, got it. Yeah. Can we take... You said there were, it was full of cables and things. Full of cables and there's multiple buttons around the monitor, yes. C- can we take a little look at the cables? Absolutely. The cables you sort of scale up and down. It seems to have been miniaturised, as you notice, going around the monitor itself. So you quite seem to be quite small. And these cables are all like very large ribbon cables. They go up and down the monitors, if you could scale them going up and down. Uh, can I try climbing one? Yeah, absolutely. You can climb up and down the cables. You don't notice anything in particular as you climb up and down the cables. Just multiple dead insects all over the place. Seems to be quite an old monitor, judging by the dust that's gathered inside. You said there were buttons on the monitor as well. There are, yeah. Uh, can we have a look at those buttons, please? Yes, yeah, so you notice there are roughly around five buttons, uh, very close together, only labelled one through five. Are there any... The, the, the only sign on the buttons is the one to five, nothing else? Yeah, so the buttons are labelled one, two, three, four, and five. I think we press the button, see what happens. Well, which button would you like to press? I'm going to press one. Number one. Okay, so you press the, sort of the one button... And all of a notice, you suddenly see that the screen turns off 
and it's got very dark and then all of a sudden there's sort of a green hue that starts to appear sort of through the hole on the wall. Okay, can I press two? Two, yeah, the screen goes off again and this time, rather than being green, this time goes red. Huh. Three? Three, again, the screen goes off for a short moment and it goes blue, sort of a blue hue. Okay, is so that's, your, that's your RGB. This is actually a press- substantially better OSD than any other monitor I've ever had <laughs> where pressing any button on the monitor is basically a gamble in either switching it off or turning yeah. it into text mode. Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, how, how you, Joey, old chump, can we can we break with uh, convention and try number five oh. just to be absolute renegades? Absolutely. You press number five, you hear a click, but you don't seem to see anything happen. <gasps> it's not so a degauss, is, is it? God. <laughs> god. Oh, God, it's a CRT. Oh, no. Oh, my God, please let it be a degauss. Can I press number four now? Yes, you press number four, and you're now in complete darkness. So number four is off. So green, red, blue, and off, and a click. Oh, I so hope it's a degauss. Does it? Does it? When we pressed number five, was that kind of kadong sound? No, that, it just oh. just a click, almost as if the button may be broken. Oh, do we do we have to fix the button? Maybe can I have hmm. can I inspect number five a bit closer? Is there anything visibly wrong with it? No, there's nothing that you can sort of see wrong with the button itself. Can I follow the cabling from it? Is there a cable running from it? No, there's no cable that you can sort of see. It's sort of permanently sort of etched into the into the screen itself. Uh, Joe, you said there was a, like an aperture, uh, like a, the hole that the lights coming out of. Can we take a closer there look is. at that? Unfortunately, because it's so dark, you can't see anything presently. <laughs> okay, can we please press one, two, and three? And then take a look. Press button one. Nothing seems to happen, along with two and three. Currently, oh, we've the switched screen it is off. remaining. Oh. Press four again. <laughs> so you press number four, and the screen sort of sparks to life. It's very blinding, and you sort of get blinded as you look through the aperture as it's all completely white. So wait, wait, wait where did you look through there, Mike? Uh, so we had, is there was the, the light, the, the, the hole that the light's coming out of. I figured we could take a look at it. Um, I'm assuming that's the back panel, then, that we've just looked through into. Tilt, can we press two and three? I figure that'll turn off some of the colours and make it less bright so we can see if there's anything in there. So you press 2, uh, it goes black and then goes to red. You press 3 straight after, again the same sort of goes black again and goes back to blue. So there's now a blue hue that's sort of coming through this aperture that you can see. Okay. Hmm. What was when we look through now? When you look through now, you notice that the screen is just completely blue. Um, you have actually seen that there's a few pixels that seem to be missing sort of up and down the screen. Whereabouts are these missing pixels? Hmm. They seem to be sort of centre of the screen. It could be as if like they're sort of spelling out some sort of number. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. It could be a number. It it could be a code. <laughs> I was hoping for insight. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how to read the number. I, I don't. Oh understand. yeah. I, I mean, are we able to read the number? Y- you can. It almost looks like uh, looks like a number one, but obviously it's sort of in a. Ref- Reverse sort of order. Is it just the number one? Are there any other numbers? No, all you can see is just the number one. Can we press number one, the, the number one button? Yes, you press the number one button. So the screen again turns off, and then this time it goes in sort of a green hue again. Right, can we have a look and see if there's a number displayed again? Yes, okay, so this time it looks like a letter S is etched on the screen, uh, sort of in the dead pixels. Right, so that was, that was one. Letter S would that be S. five. It could be as well. Uh, can we press number two and have a look at the screen again? Absolutely. So you press number two, and again, the screen goes off, um, and then it goes into sort of a red hue. And when you look through the aperture this time, it looks like, I mean, it's basically a backwards four. Okay. okay. So Hang S4, on. one. Uh, forward turn it off. Five. So five. Forward turn it off. Five, four, one. Yeah. Chris, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, what are you thinking? We're getting associated numbers when we look through these um, through the screen with these colours. I have colors. got an idea. I've got Go one on. more idea. 
Can we press 5 and have a look at the screen again? Yes, you can. You press 5. And as you press 5 this time, with the with the screen being in a sort of a green colour presently, um, you, you look through the aperture and all of a sudden you notice that there's like a, a massive on-screen display in front of you that's asking for, for four numbers. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've got three of those numbers. <laughs> okay. Mm. How, oh, how do we... Oh, I suppose we can enter it with the, the keys, with the four numbers that we have. So I guess it would be four, one of... Four is off, isn't it? Four is off, but okay, so... Wait, we the on-screen to... display is on. Can I press number button four now? Press number four now. The screen turns off. The on-screen display is still showing, um, even though the screen is turned off. And it's already got a number that seems to be etched into the into one of the boxes, and that's number seven. It's right, the there we go. Number we've, one. we've got the number 5417. Can we try entering that in the on-screen display? How do I enter seven in? I haven't got seven, buttons to enter seven. already there. Already. Oh, it's already there. Can I finish it? Can I f- complete it? So it's seven the first number in the Seven list. is currently the first number, yes. So can I enter one four five? And to enter so seven one four five. Yes. The screen goes into sort of a red colour and, and sort of says error. Oh, it wouldn't be seven five four one, would it, if it's backwards? So you enter seven five four one. Uh, yeah, the screen sort of goes in a very green colour all of a sudden, and then it sort of says success. Hey. All of a sudden, this, this sort of on-screen display starts to swirl in front of you, and then all of a sudden, a pixel flies out the aperture, and here you have the pixel key. Hey. That was a good puzzle. <laughs> also, Chris, well done on mapping those out properly. Um, I had missed one of the numbers. I was looking at oh. one and four. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now I had it all nicely written down. I've got got a got a nice diagram. I've learned diagrams help solve puzzles. I, uh, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, definitely. That... You have to write stuff down. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> not for mine. You're not going to need to. <laughs> oh, mine, you definitely are. Oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Can I go next then? <laughs> sure, if you want to. No sure. Problem. You take your pixel key. You climb back out of the monitor. Go back onto the shrinking pad, and you're back to your full size once again. Back in front of the computer. In front of us, then, we have the graphics card and the motherboard. What do we fancy, chaps? Go for the graphics card, by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) This is my puzzle. So you uh, you approach the uh, the desk again and uh, step onto Professor Hans Intel's teeny tiny USB shrinking pad. And you shrunk down and you all hop into the the case and uh, open up the little hatch and, and step inside the graphics card. Uh, you find yourselves in a small cramped room with silicon walls and a, a copper floor, which is what lets you know that you're inside a graphics card. And all the normal things you'd expect to see in a graphics card are around you, and they're all contained in cheerful little boxes. Uh, several of the things appear to be plugged into one another with pipe, while the others are separate. What would you like to look at? Um, can I look at the boxes? Uh, certainly, which sets? The uh, the ones that are plugged into each other, or the ones that are separate? The separate ones, please. Okie dokie. Uh, let's see. So, uh, in one corner, in a separate box, you have a, a freezer... And in another corner, you have an American-style post box. This is this is impressive for being inside a computer. Well, you need a freezer to keep the graphics card cool. Can I? Can, <laughs> what's what's plugged into what exactly? Okay, so um, you've got some boxes plugged into each other. The following boxes are plugged into one another with pipe. Uh, these are the frame buffer and the picture maker. Uh, the frame buffer looks uh, like a small television and contains a still image of the bloke from Doom shooting an alien. Uh, the alien appears to be holding a key. Uh, one end of this is plugged into the picture maker. Where's, where's the alien? Is he in the frame buffer? Yes, he's in a. The frame buffer looks like a small television and contains a still image of the bloke from Doom shooting an alien, and the alien yeah. appears to be holding a key. One end oh, yeah. is plugged into the picture maker, and the other has a cable attached, marked "Video Out." Right, and what other things aren't plugged in? Uh, that's the only thing not plugged in. So we've got a freezer, an American post box, 
a frame buffer with the picture on it with a from Doom, and then a picture maker. Yes. And the video out. Is there anything else we can see in the room? Uh, yep. On the wall, you've got a, uh, a large socket marked video out. Um, can I plug the video out into the large socket marked video out, please? As you do so, you hear a ring and then a bing, followed by, you've got mail. The little uh, flaggy arm on the American-style postbox pops up. Can we check the postbox? Uh, inside is a small handwritten note. It reads... New monitor detected. Resolution 1920 by 1080p. Refresh rate 60 hertz. That refresh rate's not good enough. Can can I change the refresh rate? <laughs> God's sake. So the frame buffer that's connected to the picture maker you said is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay, and it's connected by you say it was it pipe. Yes. Any ideas, Chris? No, not at the moment. Can I open up the freezer? You certainly can. Is there anything in there? Uh, there is. There's a large bag of frozen peas. Can I take the peas out and try and eat one, please? Certainly. <laughs> it's um ah. Oh, are you a secret frozen pea eater as well? No, no, I'm I'm not. Oh, I uh, am. Don't, I'm not really that bothered by peas. Petit, petit pois, okay. Garden peas, bleh. Oh, mate, frozen garden peas are the best. Just like fresh out of the freezer. Incredible. Absolutely delicious. I just I just wanted to know if they were like edible Real or not. Peas. Uh, like, yeah, you, you can eat them. They're, they're, they're peas. They're frozen peas. Is there any way to interact with the frame buffer? Uh, well, there's the picture box, which is piped into it. So can we have a look at the picture maker in more detail? Sure thing. So the picture maker is the clever thing that actually makes the pictures that come out of the graphics card and onto your computer screen. Uh, it has a transparent top, within which you can see half a dozen goblins sitting in front of drawing desks. Each goblin has a motorised whip behind it, and before them are half-finished drawn frames related to the image you saw previously of the Doom guy shooting the alien. Uh, you can see that the pipe going out to the frame buffer is shut. On the side of the box is a dial, which is currently set to zero, but goes up to 120. There is also a feeding tube for the goblins. There's the is this is this by any chance the uh, Terry Pratchett graphics card? It's very inspired by Terry Pratchett. <laughs> God rest his soul. <laughs> okay, so there's some goblins, and they're painting the frames. And and what else you said there was like a gauge or something? Uh, yeah, so on the side of the box is a dial, uh, which is currently set to zero, but goes up to 120. Uh, there is also a feeding tube for the goblins. Okay, can we move it up to 120, the, the dial, please? Uh, you certainly can. Uh, as you click the dial around, the little whips behind the goblins speed up and start smacking them on the back. Um, as you pass 10, wait, they're being hit wait, 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 10 wait, times wait. per second. Wait, I'm a bit worried about them. Can I just pour some of the peas into the feeding tube, please? You certainly can. How many peas would you like to pour into the feeding tube? Half a bag. Okay, I'm going to need a quantity. Um, 120 peas. Okay, so you throw 120 peas in. The goblins are in grave discomfort. They're being whipped 120 times per second by the uh, the whirling dervishes of fury and pain behind them. And now, to add to their problems, they're also um, surrounded by far too many frozen peas. (laughs) (laughs) They're having an absolutely miserable time. They're freezing. They're sort of. They're basically drowning. Um, They're having a terrible time. One of the uh, one of the little goblins uh, starts uh, shoveling things into a starts shoveling peas into a tiny uh, furnace in the corner. I'm not too bothered about the uh, welfare of goblins. Are they painting? Uh, they are not currently painting, no. Mm. They're busy shoveling peas into the furnace. How can they be painting? Can we move the get- <laughs> dial back down to 60, please? Uh, you certainly can. The goblins are being whipped at an even uh, 60 times per second. Is that all that's changed? They're still not painting? They're half drawing the frames and uh, they're trying to get them up to the uh, the little the little hatch, but the little hatch Wait. is still closed. So they're all piled up. How many goblins are there? Uh, there's six goblins. If there's six goblins and they've each got a half drawn frame, the the tearing on this game is going to be fucking horrendous. <laughs> I mean, like, the fact that it's full of goblins indicates that it's probably quite an old graphics card. <laughs> so, so the, to the to the connected 
pipe between the frame buffer and the picture maker is closed. Yes. How, how do we open? Is there a way of opening that? Is there like a switch or a lever? Nothing visible like that. No. Are there any other cables visible? Uh, no. No, no other pipes. You've or... uh, you've seen everything there is to see in the room. So the uh, the little goblins uh, are currently sort of they're half drawing their frames, but they're not able to uh, to push yeah. them through the thing, and it's kind of it's all backing up, and one of the little yeah. goblins is having to rub out the drawings to make room for uh, for new ones. This is a great analogy for explaining VSync. <laughs> God's sake. I'm, I'm already trying to do an educational video on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, just yeah, so I'm clear what we've got it? now. So we've still got so we've got the picture maker, which has a dial that goes from 0 to 120. Yeah, but you've currently got, got it set a, at 60. It's currently at 60. There's a feeding tube, which goes yep. into the goblins, and that's where we've been putting peas presently. Yep. And then there's the connected pipe between the frame buffer and the picture maker, but that is currently closed and nothing that we can see presently to open it. That's correct. Uh, you've also got the uh, your American-style post box, your freezer, and your bag of frozen peas. And there was nothing else oh, and in the your, um And your note, obviously, from the post box. What was the note again say? It's something to do with the resolution? Yeah, sure thing. So the note said, a new monitor detected, resolution 1920 by 1080p. Refresh rate, 60 hertz. I think we've got it set to the correct rate. I think 60 is correct. We need yeah, to op- right. open up that cable going to the frame buffer somehow? Uh, no. Ooh. Although a little note uh, I forgot to say earlier, which I'd actually written down, was uh, when you turn the dial to 60, the little goblin said, Ow, it hurts. Okay, well, if I turn it down to zero? They say nothing. They're, they're relieved to not be whipped. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Lazy I'll goblins. For now, at least. Can we can we turn it just up to 10? Sure. Is there any change in goblins at all? No, I mean, the, the little goblin backs are kind of already pretty raw, but they get uh, they get whipped in even 10 times per second. Let me get the, this correct. I've got the picture maker with the goblins in it that's connected via a tube to the frame buffer. Yep. yep. And then the frame buffer has another tube to the video out, which is connected to the video out socket. Correct. And there's nothing else? Uh, nothing else apart from your note your bag of frozen peas in the freezer. I wonder if we were to like freeze, like put the bag of peas on the pipe to like freeze the copper well, pipe. We already got told that we don't need to worry about the pipe. Like it's not about clearing a blockage in the pipe. It's about getting the goblins to send their pictures through. No, yeah, I understand that. But I'm assuming it is anyway. I mean, you can put your peas on the pipe. You get a slightly colder pipe. But nothing happens to the pipe itself. Apart from its temperature change, no. I'm a bit stumped. I'm getting a bit um, stumped. We haven't failed one yet. Can I just break the goblins out and tell them what to do? Um... <laughs> just like get no. rid of the buffer, just feed it into the video I put myself. <laughs> just like manhandle the images in there. <laughs> Chris, I mean, that's can not I... how computers work. Can I... <laughs> <laughs> can I replace myself with the goblin? No, no, you can't get into there. It's a, it's a proprietary NVIDIA chip. Oh, God. Their control of the market is terrible. Go back to the note again. New monitor detected. Resolution 1920 by 1080p. Refresh rate 60 hertz. 1920 times 1080p. Well, 60, we moved... If I move it back to 60 again, what happens? The goblin shouts, Ow, it hurts! Does he shout that when I move it to 120? Uh, no, no, he's he's too busy getting his back minced. <laughs> what happens if I move it to 50? Does he shout it? No. I think 60's right. Yeah, it's got to be 60, but what's this 1920 times 1080p? I was going to say, I think in about the feeding tube, like, do we need to put like that many P's in? As if to, like, make pixels. What, like, a million peas? How many peas do we have? <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a big bag of frozen peas. Do we have at least a million peas? I could sit and count them, but... <laughs> okay, I would like one way where I'm going to have to do a little bit of maths. Or will it be, like, two million peas? Yeah, can I... 
Can I put 2,073,600 peas in the feeding tube? You certainly can. The inexplicably titanic amount of peas go in, and the goblins, they just yum them up. They're also getting whips at just the right uh, just the right speed to kind of really spur them on with their drawing. As you do so, the little hatch to the frame buffer opens, and their drawings start flowing through. At the wall, you hear a fart, a clunk, and a bonk. Pow! Out of the socket fires the discarded pixel key. Oh, piss. We were at the pixel key. Shit. <laughs> ah, the discarded keyframe. You have solved oh, my puzzle. Very good. Very good. Well done. Um, oh, also, we got the correct end. answer would also have been 1080p's. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I was a pun. 60 hertz. <laughs> it was a pun. Ow, it hurts. 1080p's. <laughs> oh, God. Completely went over the top of my head. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, with the uh, the keyframe in hand, you uh, bounce out of the graphics card through the little hatch and step on the Hans Intel's Prime Enlarger fire, and you're back to your regular size and facing the computer, which yeah I think leaves the motherboard. So you step back onto the uh, shrinker, get shrunk back down, and you climb back into the case, and you find yourself at the bottom of a huge wall of gigantic electronic components. Looking up, you realize you're at the bottom of the motherboard. In front of you is a very small control panel connected to the motherboard. It appears to have been hastily soldered on. So what's on the the control panel? Is there anything in particular? So as you approach the control panel, you see a small screen and some instructions. Okay, what do they read? Which one would you like to look at first? Oh, 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 I thought you meant small screen with some instructions on. No, sorry. Sorry, there's some separate instructions written on a very small piece of paper. This is very much the science it's each a skeleton again. (laughs) Yeah, we're back there. (laughs) Um, Can I take a look at the instructions, please? Okay. So the instructions are titled, Unlock Code Circuit. At the top of the list of... um, I I didn't read this out. (laughs) 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 What? I didn't... I should proofread things. I really should. Hello, Mike here. So, kids, if you want to play along with this one at home, you're going to need a paper, a pencil, and an extensive knowledge of how circuits work. The instructions are titled Unlock Code Circuit, and then there is a list of circuit components. First, there is the inverter, which has one input and one output, and will invert any signal it receives. Then there is an AND gate, which has two inputs and one output. It will return a 1 on the output if both of its inputs are 1. Lastly, there is an OR gate with two inputs and one output. This will return a 1 if either or both of its inputs are 1. Underneath this list of components are a list of instructions. The lock must receive a 1 when the three inputs are set to 1, 0, 1. Instruction number 2. The lock must never receive a 1 for any other input. Instruction number 3. All inputs must be connected to the circuit. Oh my god. I already want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the control panel then? So we've got the instructions. So what's actually look on the control, on the control panel. panel. And the, the screen for the control panel appears to have a circuit designer on it. There are three inputs and one output. The output is labelled lock. To the right of the circuit designer is a make button. Can you just tell me what the... Was it the OR gate, did you say? Can you just give me the rules for that, please? There's an OR gate that has two inputs and one output. This will return a 1 in the output if either or both of its inputs are set to 1. Okay. 
Right. So we've got these gates. Are we able to put them into the circuit? Yes. On the circuit designer, you appear to, be able to drag them into the circuit, and then it appears that if you press the make button, it will uh, construct the circuit for you. Okay. We've got three inputs on the circuit itself. Yep. Are we able to set what they send in? Um. So I mean, are they basically are they sending are the inputs sending a one the, or a zero? You can, you can see on the control panel they're currently set to send in one zero one. Are we able to change that? You can do. But I thought the I thought do we not need the three inputs to be one zero one and then for it to then give the lock a one? That is what is written on the instructions. Right. So if we just press make. Oh, we've got to use all three parts, haven't we? Yeah. Uh. All inputs must be connected to the circuit. Oh, hold on. So if we put... So what does the inverter do? Sorry. So it's one in and one out. The inverter has one in and one out and will invert whatever is put in. Ah, so one goes to zero. Yeah. I think think it's quite simple. I'm just trying to just work it out now. So the inverter has to go in at stage one. Yeah, So that goes in at the beginning because it won't fit in otherwise. Which input are you putting the inverter in front of? I think we put the inverter in front of the zero. Okay, so that turns that input to one. And then we have the OR gate on the two other ones. Okay. We should then make two outputs ones, and then you put that in the AND gate, and that then should put a one, if my... I've got it correct. Wait, sorry. Describe that again. You do... One of the inputs, the inverter, goes to the one that's inputting zero. Yep. That then should make a one. Yep. Then you've got one and one for an OR gate, which then which, which also... Which one? The, the, so Both ones, because it's got two inputs. Oh, okay. So the, the sort of the one at character position one and the one at character position three you want yeah. to put into an OR gate. And that should give us two ones. And then we make an AND gate for the two outputs from the inverter and the OR gate into the AND gate to then hopefully yep. return a 1 for the lock. So you're going to press the make button on that? I'll press the make button. So you press the make button and in front of you, you see the circuit board light up and transform in front of you. Components materialised in onto the motherboard. And a warning noise sounds. The lock has not been opened. A debug message comes up explaining that the the OR... <laughs> so I'm trying to explain this now. One second. Oh my god. <laughs> you've you've come up with a solution, uh, 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 an attempted solution that I didn't even consider. Good to say. This is classic. This is yeah. absolutely... Okay, got it. So a debug message comes up explaining that the OR gate would be set to one uh, if either one, if either the first or third character are one, and therefore the codes 100 and 001 are valid codes, and this is incorrect. Okay, so our three rules again. Can you just recap the three rules that are at the bottom of the instructions? The lock must receive a 1 when the inputs are set to 101. Yep, so the, the lock... inputs are set to 101 by default anyway, so that's fine. The lock must never receive a 1 for any other input. So, so this sorry, is... must never receive a 1 for any other input. So, so yeah, so for instance, 100 should not, re- not cause the lock to receive a 1. Does that make sense? No. I'm so confused. Hello, Mike here. So, this is the point where it all starts falling to bits. Over the next half an hour, Chris realises that Joey and I aren't quite as au fait with the logic gate notation or how inputs work on circuits as he thought we were. The following has been sped up for your convenience. No, no, 101. Yeah, where are these Why second zeros coming from? You have passed it for 101. Yes, it fulfils, it passes the first requirement that it returns 1 when you do 101. 100%. You've done that. Well done.
Oh, so hang what on. you're saying. Chris. Oh, <laughs> no, hang on, Chris. You have fundamentally not explained something about this, which I think I've just got. Okay, which explain. is that the, I, I, I thought this was really obvious, but no. I'm, I'm missing something. Oh, my God. Is it that the inputs can change? So it's the fact that the inputs, the inputs can change. Every, the inputs are everything. The inputs so, are, so what, what you're saying is, is that I have to find a solution which works for every single the, number. That is valid for those rules, yes. There we go. Hello, Mike here. We thought we'd sussed it at this point, but it turns out not even a start. It's instructions. It's there. Well, so if it has to be one, if the number, if to, to activate the lock, the number has to be one zero one. The input has to be one zero one. Then changing the inputs doesn't matter because it can only ever be one zero one. You don't need to change the inputs, but the the circuit will not work if it lets you into the lock in any circumstance. You're designing a lock. Uh, let's see, we're about five minutes away from having to play Fortnite for the rest of our lives. Let's see. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about that. Fortnite's okay, feeling like some one, sort of pleasant one, path as an alternative. <laughs> Man, I can't wait I mean, to play I'm, some Fortnite. I'm, I'm happy switched up to Fortnite. Um, I'll give you a clue. You are really close, Joey. I, for a moment, I thought you were going to get it in, in a minute. So I was very close initially, was I? Incredibly close. God bless Joey. He really was very close. And he finally, sweetly, thankfully, gets us there in the end. Inverter on second digit, yep. or on one and three, yep. and then an AND gate on the, then the outcoming outputs of those. So I wonder if it would be an OR gate rather than an AND gate at the end. Yeah, let's try that. So if we have OR on one and two, that one and three, an inverter on digit two, and then an OR at the end of those two outputs. In fact, can we change the OR at one and three to an AND yeah, that, and run that? That now works. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> that passes the test. That was the exact solution you needed to get to. Oh, I get it. So the inverter turns them all into ones, and you can easily check that they are all ones by chaining them up uh, with AND gates. Oh, wait, no, 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 I don't get it. Damn it! So we press the make button, and what happens now? Uh, the computer wizards to life makes the circuit for you. I've forgotten what the key was. Try the pixel key. I think we've all done the pixel key so far. <laughs> I had a good name for the key and it's gone. I left it on a notepad at work. Ah! Logic key, maybe? Ah, uh, okay. So you press the make button. Computer goes to work making the circuit for you. And out pops the logic key. Thank the Lord. I still don't understand. <laughs> I've just spent three hours editing this puzzle, and I still don't understand. You could also have kept trying, and I would... Like, the idea was it was going to give you decent feedback. Like, so, you'll notice when you did the first one, Jerry, I, I tried badly, it wasn't a great attempt, to give you, like, useful feedback on what was wrong. Because uh, it was supposed to be, like, a more of a backwards and forwards type experience, rather than uh. just come up with the idealised solution. So, after solving the motherboard puzzle, you walk back out of the computer... Go on to the, <laughs> the pad. Sorry, to, I fell uh, over the little lip on the edge of the case. <laughs> Go back onto the pad to increase your size, and you return back into the room. Okay, and with that, we take our three keys. We take the pixel key, we take the key frame, and we take the logic key. We twist them into the logical padlocks. The logical padlocks? We twist them into the three whimsical padlocks, and we escape the sunless bedroom. But unfortunately, we escaped in a minute and an hour, so... We're gonna have to stay. I guess we'll have to like go home and install Fortnite and play it all weekend. Yes, God help us all. No, a Bad whole weekend game. of Fortnite. 
Thanks very much for listening. Uh, you can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website at theinfantescaperoom.com. Uh, you can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter. If you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you did, we'd be obliged if you could leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook, uh, as it's a big help in reaching new audiences. Uh, thanks in advance, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.